Rashad, what's up, buddy? What's up, Pam? Bob is in the house. And uh, my friend, what's his name? Bill. Our guest. We have, we have Bill a guest. Hay. What? It's Bill. Bill. We have a Bill. Phil. Phil. Phil with an F. You feel, Phil, is that Phil with, an, with a, a, a yeah. D? Is, this, Phil, is the D silent? Fill her up. <laughs> We're here, man. We're in Tribeca. We're here for part two with our, uh, with our guest, Mike Heinrichs. A retired homicide, uh, first grade homicide sergeant, winner of two medals. Detective. 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 You keep promoting them or demoting them? I'll take it. Uh, a retired first grade section, homicide <laughs> detective. Mm -hmm. He has two medal of, uh, medals of valor. He was great on the first half. Um, we have win many more stories. Uh, I'm Mark DeMail. That's Bill Cannon, my partner in all things law enforcement. And here we go. You ready Mike, to rock, Bill? Two combat crosses he had. Two and two and two, yes. Uh, wait, 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 wait. You said before, now it's growing, this thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you said 50 e EPDs equals a combat cross. <laughs> so you got two medals of valor and two combat crosses. Yes. And we were joking around a little bit about in the first episode about how many shootings were you in, but uh, you're definitely up there, man. Is it five? Um, on paper, <laughs> <laughs> that were reported. How many yeah. unreported shootings? <laughs> I, five or you know six. You know, depending on what your definition of a shooting is, were you shot uh, at, or did you shoot somebody, or okay. stuff like that? Yeah. All right. So, uh, Bill had a story that he wanted to a uh, case that he wanted to go. What was it, Ramona? The Ramona Moore case, which was featured on NYPD twenty four seven, which was yes. came out in what two thousand three, was it? Could now be. that NYPD twenty four seven, we had a, a past guest that was on that show, what, didn't we? Yeah, Vic Hollyfield. Yeah, he was, was on so that he made same, the remark yeah. about the FDNY yeah. that got him in a whole bunch of grief and mm. <laughs> letters of apologies had to be written. You don't have anything bad to say about the FDNY? Do no, they're you? great guys. Great so, guys. so uh, what was your episode there on? Uh, it was a uh, well, was the show was on what ABC? ABC, yeah. And it was yeah. called NYPD twenty four seven. Right, two thousand thirteen or something. Two thousand three, no. I think it no, came 2000, out. Oh, that long ago? Yeah. Okay. And they followed you around for what, six months or a year? Yeah, they were in our office for maybe six months to nine months at least. Did you uh, make them buy your drinks? How was that? No, they, they didn't buy anything. Oh, we had man. to buy them stuff. How was it? <laughs> How was it like um, when a film crew mo moves into the, uh, your, your squad room? Um, it's, it's unnerving. You know, it's just that it's like, you know, it's your private place. It's where the guys mm -hmm. are and everybody's got their own business. How long did it take to, to get used to it and to find out who the hams are? Because um, you know a couple of guys pretending like they weren't going to be into it, but once the cameras started coming through every day, yeah, no, once it got rolling and everybody would, then they loved it. You know, it was just that you know, um, I, I don't know how to say it. It was people just act differently bit, sometimes, right? Right, yeah, definitely. You start to play to the camera. You're wondering, oh, I can't say this, I can't do this, and not only police stuff, but just the usual the shenanigans that go on in the, the squad. squad yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, there's no, no hot foots. There's no, uh, there's no know, mention of the, like the second locker with all your going out clothes in it, right? <laughs> no, none of that stuff can come up. You know, everything is. Uh, Gonna yeah. hide that bottle of Wilson's in your desk drawer. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> That's shitty whiskey, though, isn't it? Wilson, cops ever drink that anymore? I, uh, Evan Williams is like a bootleg version of Jack Daniels. If you yeah. wanted to get like, I don't know where you're. you're the one I don't drink whiskey anymore. Evan Williams is good. Don't get me wrong. Homework in church. That's me. Psst. 
Uh-huh. What'd you say? <laughs> Homework and church. That's it. <laughs> you don't touch this stuff. Huh? <laughs> and gun clubs. He's got to practice. <laughs> so tell us about this case. Um, it, it well, the case started out. It was a missing person case that the uh, squad, the six seven squad, caught a young college girl. Uh, went out and never came home. Um, the reason why I did it is not a, you, you got nice hands, by the like way. But <laughs> people started hitting the table, and it comes through in the headphones. Oh, okay. Sorry. So we do. We keep the. I tell that to all our guests. Don't he thought me. he was John Candy in that movie, playing trains and automobiles, <laughs> when he was playing the piano on the, on the dashboard. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right before the car goes on yeah, fire. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what? What? Uh, tell start. So the the girl goes missing, and um, how we get involved. I'm in the homicide squad at that time. How we get involved is that they. Uh, they get a report, um, the squad gets a report, a patrol gets a report that they find a, a, a dead girl in an abandoned house on King's Highway. And we respond with the 6-7 squad, and uh, we learn that, you know, after, you know, speaking to everybody and getting some stuff together, we realize it's it's the girl that went missing. Um, so um, it, it's hard to describe the case because it's going to go back and forth, but prior to this... Um, there was a young girl um, who was walking home from Tilden High School and got snatched off the street by a couple guys, brought to a house around the corner from where we found the dead body, and she was uh, raped and tied up and, and, and abused there, and she was able to break um, free and run home, and special victims had the case and picked her up and took her around, and she pointed to the house and um, where it happened, and it was a house on Snyder Avenue, like I said, around the corner. And um, she identifies one of the subjects who pulls out a gun and takes himself hostage, you know, and stuff like that. Oh, oh, what happened? He, he took himself hostage? Yeah, you know, don't move or I'll shoot myself type thing. And, you know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, anyhow, they, we wound up arrested. That could have been you know. shooting seven for you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, you know, we, you know, that's. So, like I said, backtracking to that, now these guys, well, well this girl got raped around the corner by these th- these two guys. One's in a can, one's in Rikers, the other one's in, in the wind. Um, but now they're looming as suspects because of the proximity and, and what happened. And uh, um, we learn later on um, that they are the perps. We, we wind up getting information from... Uh, one source that really puts it together is some all-star from the neighborhood that lived around the corner. Um, actually, he li- used to live around the corner, comes up for the weekend and goes back to Maryland and tells one of his buddies in Maryland, hey, you know, I was up in Brooklyn the other night. These guys, friends of mine, they had a they had a girl in there. They were t- they tied her up and beating her and raping her. It was this, that. You know, listen, they wanted me to get involved, but I said no. And the guy he tells this to is like, what, are you kidding me? Did you tell the police? No, no I didn't tell them. So that guy calls the police, and eventually we get the information and go scoop this guy up and bring him back, and he tells us um, um, what was going on. And then we go into the house with warrants and all that and um, really go through the house and, and find out what happened to this poor girl. It was the most brutal thing I've ever seen in my life, you know, what they what they did to this girl and how it was described. And I tell you, it was really, really horrible. Um, 
That's one of those so, cases that stays with you forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is like this girl was just a regular, you know, girl just doing the thing. She went to college and then went to the store one day, and these two two guys uh, grabbed her and did horrible things to her, and, and she suffered for a few days. It was really, really terrible. Um, but you know, the only good thing, and I say good case, there's never really a good case. Like you know, like I said, you know. Everybody forgets, you know, we say, oh, that was a great case, that was a great case, but you know what, there's a there's a dead person that started right. it, and that this was a good girl that really didn't deserve any of this stuff, but uh, we were able to get the other perpetrator, he was up in Yonkers, but we chased him all around, he was up in, you know, Albany, Georgia, and all that, um, we were able to get him uh, in Yonkers, and uh, those guys went to jail, I mean, uh, it, for whatever that's worth, you know, uh, it's great to put a case together, give the family some closure, but you're never going to bring the victim back. No, and, absolutely uh, not. And it was really a horrible thing. And uh, thank God the other girl was able to escape. And uh, thank God that the light bulb went off in somebody's head. You know, like I said, the guy. In so Maryland. there was a girl that was raped and killed first, right? And then the the second girl is the one that uh, escapes. Yes. And the second girl is is Ramona. No, oh, no, the first girl is another, okay. another girl from the neighborhood. So she winds up escaping, and right. she... she um, and who knows? I mean, God forbid, could have went on again. You know, who knows? They were going to kill her. She didn't escape, you know? And uh, who knows if they would have did it again, you know? What kind, of guy, I mean, what kind of prize did these guys have? Were they... Um, I mean, how, how do you escalate to that? Were they Were they already... Uh, did they do prison time already? These no, two they guys? were they were young guys. They was they were off the radar. No, like you know, like wow, you know, the, you could see a guy's sheet say, "Wow, he's building up to something like this, mm. some sort of dangerous predator." But these two guys, you know, uh, got together and they this was their thing. It was very unusual, you know, have cases like that. I can't remember another one. Um, Especially when you put two people that are probably gonna on their own path to to doing horrible things, and then you put them together. Yeah, no, it's it's not good, and uh, I don't know what to say. It was just a real... Uh, Did he take it to trial, that one guy? Yeah, and then uh, after he tried to kill his lawyer and uh, jumped up in court and stuff, he got a new one, and they they got convicted, you know. They're, they're still in the, up top. What they get? They they get bailed? <laughs> no, no, I, not that I've heard. <laughs> it's, but, not, uh, it's not... Fast forward to no, now. Yeah, they yeah, let no. him out on bail. Yeah, you did enough time. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing, too. Time heals all wounds, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... That was a know. savage case, man. I could, you know, when I watched that, watching uh, NYPD 24-7, you could really get the... I, I used to teach at a college, and I showed it to okay. my class, and they yeah. were all like, oh, my God. So this was uh, this know? was the case that was on the um, 24-7. Yeah, right? and like I said, when we did the warrant in the house, and you saw what, you know... the Everything from, you know, Blood saws and, yeah. and nails and hammers and clamps and all types of stuff. God, it was a, it was a horrible thing to, to see, and it was really, really off the hook, you know? Wow. So. And Bob was, uh, Bob mentioned earlier during the break, he was interested in the stories about the um, the flying. The, 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 right. The okay. uh, <laughs> got confused oh, with the, the terrorists, right? Yeah, well, that, that's actually this case. We had gotten, uh, we had been at the Albany looking for the uh, one perp, and uh, he, he wasn't there. And but we had got a line that he might be down in Atlanta. Was oh, this another and, homicide? No, it's the same, same case. case. Same oh, case. Okay. So we fly down to Atlanta and do our thing down there, and um, he's not there either. Um, so we're heading back, and um, we're at the airport now. When you you, you know you're carrying guns and you you know you travel on planes, there's paperwork you do flying while armed. Correct. And um, 
you know, Port Authority police or, or the local whatever airport you're at, and you know, they'll escort you on the plane and check your credentials and all that stuff. But at this, but at this one time, we're getting on the plane now, and if there's anybody else on the plane armed, they'll they'll let you know. The pilot yeah. will let you know. Or some personnel will say, "Listen, there's an FBI agent or an air marshal here, or whatever." So, um, okay, so we get the speech, and uh, this time it's, uh, "Oh, there's uh, by the way, there's uh, three uh, Middle Eastern uh, you know nationals on the plane." Mm-hmm. Um, they they bought they they met in Atlanta last night. We've been trailing them from Ohio here there. They bought one way ticket with cash and all this crazy stuff. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm standing there, I'm nodding, my jaws dropping. I'm like, all right, where are we gonna, you know, what, what, what do you want? You need a hand dragon? What's them off the, the tech plan? Yeah, we're gonna, you need a hand dragon them off the plane. Oh no, we're just gonna uh, just sit tight. Observe. You know, one's here, one's there. I'm here, he's there, and whatever. If anything happens, just. You know, uh-huh. lay low. You know, like lay low. You know, this we'll is let you crazy. know when we need you. The federal you know? marshal. I'm like, listen. I thought I could maybe close my eyes for two hours and uh, mm-hmm. and take a flight back, but now I'm not not looking, staring at every passenger walking by. You know, what is this the guy? Is this the guy? And uh, I'm like, who does? How do you operate like that? How do you let people get on a plane? There's 300 people on the plane. You know, it's a big flight and all that. And uh, we wound up land, landing in at Kennedy, and you know. Uh, Port Authority issue showed up and dragged them, you know, dragged these guys off the plane. I'm like, well, thank God it didn't blow up, you know. And mm-hmm. it was just an amazing thing. And that was that was shortly after uh, 9/11. You know, I mean, because you know the, everything with, with air travel was lax before that. I mean, I've I flew on planes with uh, you know. Ten pounds of weed and three guns in a duffel bag, and nobody mm-hmm. even, you know, nobody even asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. me too. But I was in the cop down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was unnerving. I'm like, this you can't operate like this, man. It's it's, but you know, lack of security, uh, right? Yeah, that's it. You know, it's like you know, it's like anything else. Your number comes up, you're getting searched. You know, why would you apply common sense to any of that no. stuff? You know, like. Or suspicion. What's annoying is that they wait right before the plane's going to board before they start doing these searches or they continue them. It's like, get all that stuff out of the way. If you got somebody that's on that list, you know, get them in. Because I I remember waiting at, um, you know, I think we were coming home, so it wouldn't have been that bad. But still, you're waiting at the airport for for your guest, the person you're traveling with, because they they got picked. (laughs) Oh, I know. You know what I'm saying? We're, they're already boarding. They always pick ex-cops, the TSA. They're really, they go. Well, they didn't pick me. <laughs> My you look like a cop. Let me give you the extra search procedure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the other thing, you know. I had gotten that, too. I would travel on a plane and, okay, whatever seats, 28A and 28B, step off the line and, you know, oh, we got to search you. I said, we were just checked in with law enforcement. Yeah, but we got to look. For what? You know, mm-hmm. I told them, I said, I'm carrying two guns. I got a vest and handcuffs and rounds in my bag. And, you know, we're already, che- oh, we, we still have to, to check, you know. Mm-hmm. So my bag is spread out from one end of the table to the other. And it's like, it's ridiculous, you know. What about oh, that guy with the, you know, that just left the duffel bag and walked away? Yeah, what if, ask him uh, where he's going. What about the, uh, the, you know? the, uh, the nationalist? Yeah. <laughs> with with the cocaine dripping into, out of the bag. Yeah, you know. The guy who's the, the German shepherd. The what guy about who, the three terrorists that we're going to let, let on the plane? Are we, are we stopping yeah. them right now? No. So that's that, but. Hey, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care for the random searches. I have no problem with. Doot, 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 come over here. Well, I mean, it's it's just uh, it's it's common sense. It's you know it's common sense. They don't sense. have they common do, sense. 
<laughs> no, I mean that's how it's done. You know, from what I understand, in other countries, they, they you know, if you're if you're with your wife and and children, you're going to Disney World. You mm -hmm. really don't need to be strip searched. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Once you can prove who you are and where you're going, <laughs> yeah. it's just a simple yeah. question. Hello, sir. Where do you live? Where are you going? You know, oh, there's a guy in a wheelchair. I saw one time. He's got the you know D-Day survivor hat and the whole thing, and mm -hmm. he's getting actually lifting him off the uh, the uh, wheelchair to search mm -hmm. the guy because his number came up. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I, who, who does that? You know, it's just. Uh, you say nice. that, and then I just saw an, a picture of somebody that uh, they had taped something. I forget what it was across their chest. It wasn't explosives. I don't think it was a firearm. I forget what it was, but it wasn't supposed to be on a plane. And this is like, oh, it was, um, it was heroin, and it was somebody with a baby. <laughs> so you say that, mm. <laughs> and there's always that. You know, not yeah. they don't th they think just the same way we do. It's like you know, why would you check that person? And then it's the person coming in with the baby, and uh, I think it was the baby was strapped with heroin. It's, yeah. you would you can never think of it. And there was a yeah, picture of it. On, no, I know. Yeah. So. Uh, did the baby get collared? Yeah, baby's doing two. <laughs> baby's two, doing two to five, two to ten right now. Wow. Yeah, in time for high school. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so um, so that's pretty interesting with that twenty four seven having the uh, the uh, the the just everybody filming all the time, and now you're part of this. It's you're part of a yeah. reality show. And then right, I well, it came out pretty good, you know. I, I thought, you know, finished product, you know, and um, I think it showed what really what we do, mm -hmm. you know, detectives, uh, you know, working cases and how to go about it and how much it really take the toll it takes mm -hmm. on you and stuff like that and dealing with victims' families and and, and other issues, you know. I, it's I great. Thought, it's great, yeah. especially so you have something to show your spouse. You see, this is what I do. <laughs> they really think that. <laughs> like, no, it's the whole no. also lifestyle of living the detective or the homicide squad lifestyle where you never sleep. You know, how much sleep do you get per month? You're always working, right? You're living at the precinct, right? You're staying yeah. overnight. Well, you're especially going to like Brooklyn, Brooklyn South. You could be in a homicide somewhere else. In, nah, you know, well, Manhattan you know. North was rocking too, you know, back in the yeah. day. And, you know, the thing is you're either in court or you're going, you know, you work rocking around the clock. You know, yeah. you stay, you're living at work. You always have to make sure you have clothes, right? No, I, mean, I don't think people understand the lifestyle you live when you do this type of work. No, I mean, we always go in on our first one. You, you take, you know, we used to, our chart was two nights, two days, right. and you're off for two. So when you went in for your first four, four by, you bought clothes for the week. Right. <laughs> you know, and that was it. You know, you threw on a couple of extra shirts, you hung them in your locker, and... You really didn't go home quite a bit. You, know, you didn't sleep. You know, if you got an hour sleep on the chair or sitting in a squad, it just, it was like the things, and it kills you. It almost Did you like me. that chart, that four and two? Um, it's uh, two nights and then two days. No, I didn't like it. I, you know, I. How about for work? Did you think it was the best way for uh, for you guys to work? I know you got used to it, but no, I did it in no. the squad. I didn't like that chart. No, I, I didn't like it. I mean, it was good for if you're a precinct detective squad guy and you're you know you're handling everything from murders to uh, mm -hmm. lost cats or whatever they do now. <laughs> um, you, you know, it's good because it's a quick week, guys. You know, you don't have to travel one day. You do the turnaround in between and all that. So, um, but if you're doing like we were doing cases, homicide cases and stuff, you really just need to work. You know, whatever, whatever you. You need to work. You might need to work at night. You might need to work at day. You didn't have to be tied down to a four and two chart like that. It didn't make sense. Well, and the you, only you reason know. is because you want to work with the same team. So you want you guys to work with 
you know, you yeah. same guys. But yeah, yeah, but if you can move move your tour around, like to uh, Mike just said, your whole team is going to do that tour. Uh, no, no, because it's, it's a whole catching order. And no, I'm right. saying so if you were working as a team, not doing the four and oh, two, right? Yeah, and your team was catching this, right? This yeah. uh, going to help out in this case, okay. then. Yeah, then why not uh, start your tour whenever you when, whenever it's best f- to do the investigation? Yeah, well, I mean, you, there was leeway. It wasn't strict, you know, but it's just, and you know what? Even if nothing happened, you were tired on it, you know? Sure. Yeah. Let's face it, you know, what are we doing at 1 o'clock? You got to be in it in eight hours. If nothing's going on, well, what are you guys doing, you know? Mm-hmm. You can go watch cartoons for a couple <laughs> hours and go to sleep. You know, guys are out banging true. around doing, you know, right. you mm-hmm. know, and uh, the next day tour is shot because by the time you get your act together, you're just looking to... Get, you know, get home. You yeah. Know? So yeah, it's uh, funny. The, civilians would ask you, "When you stay over that long, does the police department feed you?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they feed us. Yeah, there's plenty M and M's in the machine. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, we pay for our own food. Natural yeah. chips, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, people don't know, like because in the it's private a, sector. Imagine you worked there the hours. They'd be like, oh, we got your room at the Waldorf, and right, you yeah. can eat here, you yeah. know. <laughs> and, you know, the conditions in the precinct, oh, you know, good. you couldn't, like, sleep. You know, you have to sleep with one eye open. There's a lot of I saw a video the other day. Somebody posted it from a command from inside the precinct, and it was a rat this big running around. Yeah. And I remember seeing them all the time, all the time. Yeah. Especially when I worked in the Warren squad. Before you went to the lunchroom, you used to hit a bat against the wall three times, doot, 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 and then turn on the lights, flick them on and off, and you'd see all the rats, yeah. and then you yeah. go and you sleep on the that rat. I that know. rat was a field associate, too. Kill, <laughs> he said, kill the, kill, kill the lights and sleep in that same recliner. That's right, man. Yeah. You know, Mike, one of the things that, uh, you know, you had an amazing police career, uh, anti-crime, and probably that's one of the best jobs for an active cop working anti-crime because you have so much freedom. Yeah, you got the, yeah. You're not working in the bag. But the thing is, is that, we had a lot more leeway working anti-crime when you were on the job, when I was on the job. Right now, I, I would imagine with you know body cameras and with the whole stop, question, and frisk thing, yeah. things got to be much more limited than the freedom we had to, to do the job back then. Oh, yeah. I, I would say without a doubt. I mean, you know. What would you see as the, uh, the biggest restraints they have on them now? Well, I think the stop, question, and frisk thing is an issue. Um, because uh, I don't know what really changed. I mean, we were an anti-crime. You did stop, question, and frisk. You didn't call it stop, question, and frisk. It wasn't a numbers game. Right. Fill out a report, oh, I need 10 UF-250s for the month or whatever, and just stop people at random. You stop people because of what, you know, what the criminal procedure law said, you know, suspicion, you know, time of night, you know, type of, you know. You could articulate. In, articulate you why it was stopping somebody. Yeah. Now, you know, when on video, you know, a video doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, watch a football game. Listen, it, it, the thing is, you know, if you want it to be an incomplete pass, it's an, right. or you want it to be complete, you can watch you it You didn't make a times. football move. You know, I love I mean, that one, you know. They, you know, they come up whatever. You can watch a video, watch it. You just don't get the full blast of it. So, and. It, it it's it's such a it was such a useful tool and now it's got a you know such a bad name attached to it. Right. Um, you know, I think you know why, why people would ask why are you stopping him? Well, you know, you can't explain it. You know, um, we could explain it, but now it's on video and I don't know. I don't think it would come off the same way. Right. You know. Right. 
I think they're tied down to the camera and they're playing to the camera and they're worried about, you know, what, what happens when this guy says this and that. And the camera's not going to pick up the whole picture anyway. No, know? it's I not mean. going to. There'll be another version of it coming out shortly. And it won't be called Stop Question and Frisk. It'll be something just because it's necessary because the crime spike. I, have, I hate being a pessimist. I was never that guy. But this bail reform bill in here in New York City, I have a feeling it's going to. I mean, they're. they're they're doing the right thing. They're putting like they're, they're actually. I would imagine they're following these people that commit these uh, these crimes. Like um, the guy who got arrested three times, Colin, and the, the third time was like a couple of hours writing, right after um, the last one. Do you know what I'm talking about? The guy who punched the, the yeah, you arrested the three times and oh like, yeah. yeah. I have a feeling like they're following these people. Like as soon as they they wait for them to come out, and then they basically just follow them all day. And because where are they going to go? They're going to go back to their corner. They're going to go back to the uh, where they frequent, and they're going to start doing what they do because they're crazy. They're going to commit another crime. Well, I got an idea. Then why don't you give them people cameras and make them wear them all day? That's a good idea too. Yeah. Why is a cop got to wear one? Why a guy come from up top? He, you know, oh, he's just spent eight years in Greenhaven. He's coming back out. Mm-hmm. Make him wear a camera. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, you know, when he goes to his, you know, when he goes out at night, where does he go? And pro- make sure he goes to see his parole officer and he's got a job and he's you know, doing the right now thing. Now that you, you mentioned know? that, I was watching uh, Black Mirror, which is a show on Netflix, and the guy gets um, to the, the security desk and he gives his phone and the guy just picks dates out of random. Give me no... Um, January 10th, 2 p.m. So the guy goes back on his phone and he shows him where he was and what he was doing at that time. And then the guy goes, all right, give me January 8th, uh, 8 p.m. And then the guy goes, and yeah. he just, just to, to yeah. just, and then the guy's just calling out what appears to be times at random, but they could have a case or something. Ev- and you're sure. showing them the evidence right there yeah. because they're being, um, they have a camera on them all the time. Right. And, you know, when these guys are going to second-guess themselves. Like you said with the anti-crime thing, they'd be second, oh, can I stop this guy? Can I stop? Right. Oh, you, you know, the guy, you, you pull over a cab, the guy does the dip in the back seat. It's not going to be on camera. Can I yank the guy out? Should right. I yank the guy Everybody's out? Everybody's going to be, you, why are you pulling the guy out of the car? Well, you know, he did the dip. He did, you know, he made right. fair to movement. And you floor. might not see that on the camera. No, and then they're going to be worried about, you know, and you know what? A lot of guys will just say, hey, listen, wh- wh- why? Why am I getting involved you know? in What's anything? the dip? Can you explain right. that to our audience, the dip? Well, you know, you're doing, let's say, a car stop. And just put him. All right. You're doing a car stop, and, uh, you know, the car actually stops. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get out of the car, and somebody in the car, you know, bends over, mm-hmm. you know, and usually hide, you know, uh, you know, either, you know, product or, or, or a gun. You know, a gun. So they're dipping so, down to hide. So they, they, we call it the dip, or, you know, mm-hmm. the, I guess the technical term is a furtive movement. Right, furtive. The guy will be sitting in the That's back an of the cab, word. his head's going like this, <laughs> yeah. and then he bends down and yeah. sticks something under the seat, and mm-hmm. then that's how it goes, you know. I feared for my safety at that point. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, but uh, um, that was it. You got yanked out, and you know, you searched the car, and out, out came the gun, and away you went. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, with with What's the uh, bail reform too, certain crimes they're calling nonviolent, which they're calling robbery third and robbery second, aided by another non a nonviolent crime. Yeah, robbery was the barometer crime right. that made if you had a lot of robberies in your precinct, that was a violent precinct. Right. That was what determined the violence. Now these Albany uh, legislators are considering robbery not right. a violent crime. Doesn't it say forcibly stealing someone's property? Right. Isn't that what the definition well, of robbery you know, is? Robbery, I always felt robbery is like the minor leagues for, you know, if you're out robbing somebody as a young kid, you're just going to graduate to more violent yes. stuff. You know, it's not like, you know, uh, you know, so, so I mean, 
I don't know, I guess, you know, look at it from the person that's being robbed, you know, what, what's their feeling about it, you know? I mean, nobody really cares about the victims and all that stuff. Do you think I that mean, it's a barometer for fear for my safety? Um, what, as far as the... Uh, well, they're talking about the reasonable man's standard. They're trying to make the reason... You know what reasonableness... They're trying yeah. to say, cops, what's reasonable for them to fear for their life? Yeah, How right. can they legislate that? What scares you? Um... Is what scares you going to be the same thing that scares yeah. some legislator in Albany who saved a waitress bringing me a check? Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying yeah. that when I heard the place to, was good. They're trying to define <laughs> the reasonable man standard of what makes a cop fear for his life. Well, they they don't live in the in the world. They don't live in the real world. That's the problem. They don't live not only in the cops' world, but what about the decent people that live in the neighborhood? You all this nonsense you see on TV, you never see. You know, you hear maybe, you know, Pat Lynch will get out and you know, talk already or something. I, I, I get it, and that's good. But you never see any decent, hardworking person from any of these neighborhoods say, hey, you know what, I lived here. You know, back in the 80s, my, I, I grew up, you know, I slept when I was a kid in a bathtub or in a dresser drawer, right. you know. And everybody fought for the first floor. Be, I mean, uh, not, not for this, anything higher than the first floor because bullets were flying through the first floor all the time. Yep. You know, and then nobody get. You never talk to that guy. They never talk to the guy that had. You know, would come home from work and be shaking, literally shaking or scared to walk down his own block at night. You know, um, and, and you get. You know what? With, with all this reform and stuff, they're just going about it the wrong way. Yeah. You know, and, and it's 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 dangerous. I mean, not only that. Look what they do to victims now. You used to get locked up if you went to the you know uh, one twenty four room and gave a perp out the victim's uh, information. <laughs> get locked up right right you know as a cop or a paa giving somebody a 61 with right. them now it's like they they get it you know well, like what you're describing is something called discovery yes and yes. now they're gonna have to give law enforcement the da's office has to give the complainant's name address phone number everything to the perp's attorney yes and to actually i mean this is even more outrageous Say in a home invasion they have to let the perp's attorney an investigator right. go view the crime scene all right, so what what is it? It's win witness intimidation oh, without yeah. pulling a gun out Absolutely. on somebody and screwing it in their well, ear. Well, you know what? This is a temporary thing right now because this yeah. is just this, everything is a pre preparation for uh, the uh, November election, and then once this once the, all these people that are out that they can they can go vote because their goal is to also turn that over prior to the investigation. It's all about votes. As soon as the election is right. over, they're going to want all these people back. The reform's going to they're going to figure out a way to abolish it, put them back in. No more bail reform. Go back to the way it used to be. We we don't need them for another couple uh, couple more years. Right, so. but got, how many innocent people have they to don't suffer care. in the meantime? Uh, they yeah. obviously don't care. Which is yeah, that's a, that's disturbing too. <laughs> they don't they care, don't care well, about I mean, the victims. And they're not going to be the victims. Got, the people signing this on the, signing this bill and you know, you have to, they line, have to have the know. votes, man. You can't it doesn't matter. Everything else is second. Lives will be lost, but yeah, they have to yeah. regain the power. Right, right. The power that's been, you know. That, that old expression, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. It's true. because or the, yeah, tooth, or the toothpaste back in the tube. You, you, yeah. you, could, you, could, you could bring back 250. You could, you could bring back anti-crime or street crime. Give it a different name. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, well. I mean, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you feel like, you know, you know high noon, right? Uh-huh, yeah. You know, it's. Best worse than ever. Go you ahead. know, it's like you feel like Gary Cooper. You know, mm -hmm. the bad guys are coming out now. The people are turning towards the bad guys, and the sheriff's left. You know, hung out to dry. You know, it's just like right. sort yep. of the same thing. Like now, you know, like oh, they weren't that bad. They're coming, but they're coming back to town. They, 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 they don't mm -hmm. worry about it. You know. 
I'm telling you, man, once November, once November passes, they're going to figure out, okay, um, maybe we did, maybe we did go a little bit too far. They're going to cut back a little bit before you know it, everything, especially you don't want to be the guy with the spike in crime. And obviously the Blasio doesn't care. He's on his last term. It's going to be the next guy that's going to come in and his his whole um, platform is going to be the reduction of crime, getting back, let's make New York safe again. Right. And that's the person who's going to win. It's, it always well, goes look like what that. happened, though. I mean, though. you know, at the '80s, the early '90s, you know, mm-hmm. the city got so bad that um, they they had to vote in a Republican for God's yeah. sakes. You know, yeah. Well, that's to, what to, happened you know, to clean it that's up. That's how bad things got. And after, then after things the got so good that we don't they need them anymore. About it, the, and then they went back, and then you know, well, that's all what these happened. people that were getting locked up and constantly going through the system. Those are all those are all potential voters. We can't have them going through the system no. on the day they have to be out Tuesday, November sixteenth. Well, they have yeah. to be out any other day. They can be in, but we have to make sure. Yeah. How do we make sure that? Well, they can't spend too much time in jail. Cut the bail out. Let them get out because we need them out that day to vote. No, well, there's a there's a politician who's the speaker of the uh, house in in New York City, and he went to John Jay, and apologized for the crime program that the NYPD had over the last 20 years. Mm. Who was he to apologize, first of all? He had yeah, nothing to no, do with no, it. Shut up. Yeah. He has nothing to do with it, you know? Yeah, but, I, w- I wish somebody would just say thank you and leave it at that. Yes, or say thank nothing. the police, because there's yeah. 2,000 less murder victims every year, right? Yeah. There's and now you're going to go to... A, and you're going to apologize? Dude, you're a politician. Take a walk. Imagine uh, spending season tickets for the Mets, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the, the two people that sit next to you are felons. <laughs> just got tickets for returning on their warrant, you know? <laughs> it's unbelievable. You nice. almost can't believe... I mean, think of it. I never even thought no, about it's, that it's before, really, but it's... it's it, that's what's going to happen. You're going to be sitting at a at a game where you bought season tickets for you and your kids, and you're going to be sitting next to rapists and murderers <laughs> and robbers. And they just how do they get their tickets? Well, they, uh, De Blasio gave them to him. It was part of uh, returning to Bell court. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, knew, I can't I even carry my gun in the stadium when I go. That's true. Uh, what a mess! <laughs> a freaking mess! No, it's going to come to a head, and they're going to have to reverse what they're doing. You, they, you know, what, you Nove- know November seventeenth. Well, they also, you know, they, they throw the other thing out. Well, these are nonviolent offenders. You know, listen, if you're in jail, you you have to be bad. Yeah. You don't just, you know, you have to work at it. Especially That's to be a City. career. Yeah. That's to be like years and years of putting time and effort into going to jail. Right. You don't just like steal an apple from the fruit stand and go to jail for, you know, 10 years. Well, look right. at it. You it's know? it's you got one side that is filling up planes as quick as they can and deporting these people as quick as they can. So the only place we can replace these votes is we might as well just let them out of jail. We might as well just let them out of prison because yeah. th- there's planes leaving. You don't even know. Every hour on the hour, man, is sending people back to wherever the fuck they came. You know what I'm saying? You're not here legally. You committed a felony. You're gone. And they, they, they know these all these votes are leaving. Yeah. So how do we we got to figure out a way to, to, to get these votes back while they're all in prison. Bring them out. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? But it's the whole thing, too. There's a, a war in this country on, on law enforcement. Yeah, and there's there's one whole group of people that are anti law enforcement. No, that's that's you see the sentiment change like that. I mean, yeah. listen, not everybody loved the, loves the police. I don't even love the police sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. But uh, you know, now you really see, you know, the uh, it's an anti police sentiment is, throughout the country, not just New York. Yeah. Look yeah. at uh, look at California, San Francisco. 
I mean, oh, how are they letting that whole area become like a slum, like by letting people live on the sidewalks? And a beautiful place, too. Yeah. Know? Well, you got a lot of people bailing out of California, too. And um, the states that they're moving to, the big question is, how many of the these people are moving to certain states? And will the numbers in that state change? So if it's a state, like it's in the balance, you know, it's in a, it's it's borderline. You don't know which... It's it's a uh, it could be it could, Red it could state, swing. Blue state, yeah. It could swing with a couple extra thousand, hundred thousand more votes. So now all of a sudden it's a red state. And now it's a blue state, and everybody's bailing out because they're coming here from California or all these other big cities and flooding these these states that were normally or on the ball- on the board of being red state. No. You know that's that's who's who's going to go there though. It's going to be the wild west again. Yeah. Because uh, we always call it the Brian Watkins moment. In New York City, when you can have a Utah tourist was killed, oh, and right. then uh, that the city had enough of crime. That was it. Yeah, that was that, the and unfortunately, that's what it takes—a a big publicized case, and some some poor person has to pay. The well, price. They just had the girl from Columbia University get murdered yeah. on one twelve. You, you might—I'd say in about five years—you might be able to get a nice sprawling mansion in Los Angeles, in the hills, maybe for about a million. <laughs> turn around and sell it for fifteen, twenty million in five five years when it when it ten years when it. They decide they're going to pull the whole state back together again and <laughs> give the homeless people a place to live and get them nice. off the streets. I mean, some of these places. Sounds just, great. Um, oh, look, I grew up in Nassau County, and, and uh, Mike lives in Nassau County now, and perps back in the day used to say, oh, shit, I can't get arrested in Nassau because it was uh, like a different world. They were like, Dave, don't fuck around in Nassau. Uh, they, they'll send you away forever for a robbery, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's like that now. It's probably not. Yeah, no, it, it, well, no, it, it probably changed a little bit, but it's still sort of, I mean, you know, look at Nassau County compared to the city, and it's so close, um, and the crime is nothing like it is in, in Queens and Brooklyn. Right. You know, and it's not that way in a lot of cities around the country. A lot of the surrounding uh, smaller towns or suburbs are, are, are worse than the, the inner city itself. Sure. You know, but Nassau has kept it like that because they actually put people in jail when you, when you do something. Well, because you got yeah, homeowners, the real estate value base. over the real estate prices over there throughout Nassau and Suffolk County, most especially Nassau, very very high. Uh, taxes for your real estate property very very high, so you have to have a certain amount of money to live there. Which obviously people have bad kids, but for the most part. Um, you have people from outside, from people that live in Queens or people coming in um, from other places to do their, their burglaries in Nassau County. Right. You know what I'm saying? And trying to get out as quick as possible. And they, 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 they learn the hard way when they get caught. But it's not like you have that much, that much crime going on with people that live there. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. But There you, are pockets, but it's the not The only like, way you can prevent people from, from coming there and doing that stuff is when they get caught. Because mm-hmm. everything is speculation. The word gets out. It's the same thing we talked about earlier with the Glocks. Everybody thought, you know, oh, they got Glocks. And, mm-hmm. and, and now they had to actually stop running or not fight with you anymore because they were afraid of getting shot. Uh-huh. The, the laws never changed between, you know, the, the use of deadly force. Physical force, But, yeah. the, the, you know, the... Uh, you know the fact that guys had nine millimeters, it it put a message out. You know, people were like, "Oh man, you know, I better watch out." You know, right. wait till they get and the robots. The ro- they're gonna be, they're gonna wish robots. they're gonna wish we had uh, human cops again. Let me tell you, there's not yeah. gonna be any arguing, no <laughs> debates with a robot. They're gonna be so, oh, they're gonna be nice as pie. The drones. <laughs> While you try to get out of that bolo. You know, the bolo is the rope that they shoot at you. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's got your legs, your well, arms wrapped up we, like this. I thought we were wow. supposed to do a demonstration with that on you. I want to do it. I want to do it. 
but when it, that, the robots are going to be shooting bolos at you, they're going to be shooting lasers at you. There's going to be no more excuses. You're going to be caught on tape, and you're going to go away. You're no. going to wish for regular. You can't bribe a robot. No, you know, you can't give a, a robot drugs, <laughs> give sex to look the other way. Nothing, man. Mm. Those robots. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, there were always going to be a couple of hackers. But you know, the, f- the funniest thing is I, I saw, I was shopping, and I saw, like, a robot in the aisle, you know? And uh, I was like, what the hell is this robot? Like, you know, I, I thought it, was, it might be security. So, and, like, it was, yeah, it's like, a t- I got took a picture of it. It's pretty tall. It's got a, a base to it. And I'm like, does this robot think I'm stealing? And then all of a sudden, this black dude comes walking from the other end. The robot just took off and started following him. I was like, oof, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> My point is that even in the future, folks, the robots, the robots are racist, will be racist. They're being programmed to be racist right now. <laughs> no, but seriously, man, actually, I think what the thing does is wipe, wash the floor. That's what I did. It cleans the floor. But... There's, there goes a job. Yo, go in the stop and shop on um, <laughs> in the Bronx right there by uh, my gym. Uh, I forget what avenue that is. They get robots there too. West. That's the where the where, that's where I see it all the time. Oh, and I'm not the only. Go to the airport. They got the uh, the robots there too. Hmm. The you know what I'm talking. You ever see the robots at the airport? Not me. Well, wow. Yeah, we got it. Listen, but law enforcement, you know, gonna, there's going to be somebody, somebody in charge of these robots. But for the most part, homicide investigations, man. Yeah, it's almost that way now. I mean, with everything going on, you know. It's, but the it's technology, just, Mike, helps us a lot, you know, with the, uh, you know, even the, the cops you're talking about with the phones. They get all the programs on the phone. If you if there's a wanted purpose picture, you get it right on your phone when you're out in the street. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, that, that, there, there are benefits to it. Let um, me tell you something. You know, you you pray that you live long enough to cash in on the money where they download your brain, all, all the all the stuff, the cases that you have in your brain when you can download it into into a, a database for the robots, so they know about homicide investigations. Because that's what's yeah. going to happen. All the stuff that you have in your brain, all these homicide cases that you worked, your interrogation techniques, and all that stuff, they're going to be able to download it and they're going to use it. You're going to use it for data to, to help build the perfect. Homicide detective robot. So, yeah, maybe, I hope that you, you know. get a chance to cash in. I hope he's. I uh, hope he's a good-looking guy. The Mike, yeah, the Mike yeah. Makes robot. If you get, let me tell you something. If you, if you yeah, get, want to cut that. I don't want. I don't want a short, fat one. I want to like you know. I want yeah, a yeah. big, strapping dude. You know, a good-looking guy. Then, if you want the robot that's going to eat the clock, man, that's the that's the Mark DeMeo uh, detective that shows up. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna look the shit can and close your case. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all the personalities taken out of the cases now. Anyway, you know, it's it's uh-huh. uh, it's follow the dots. You know, it's uh, yeah. Well, that, that was the whole know, thing. Checklist, the, the twelve you know, step checklist. Set, yeah. Thing, you know, do you do okay. consultant work? Okay. And what do you do with all this brain? But now you retired. How many years you retired? I've been out. I was out five in August. Okay. Yeah, I've been out seven. How many years did you do in total? I did thirty. Oh, that's and, great. Um, Actually, but all this stuff that you have in your brain, all this knowledge that you have from all these homicide cases that you have, the the inter uh, interrogation techniques, all these things that you know, the 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 the, the, subtle, uh, the the puzzle solving things that you know, all that stuff. What do you do with it now? Do you, are you can you somebody hire you? Are you a private investigator? No, I I sort of you know stepped away from it. I just um, 
Well, what happened was, you know, I had a massive stroke. I almost dropped Oh, really? It. Yeah, yeah. That happened that. towards sorry. the end of my career. Um, and, um, you know, when you're lying in the ICU in the hospital and you don't know whether you're going to live or die, you know. you know. Mm. I don't see any, any results of it. I mean, well, the speech is fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm... I'm Good enough, you know. I'm all right. The headphones but won't stay on your head, but I don't know if that's from the stroke. Yeah, no, I think it's just, just got a flat head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. But you know, so I had. But like I said, you have a lot of time to reflect and and look at things, and you say, you know what, uh, it's out of my system. Tell us about so this. How did? When did it come about? The stroke. How did you feel it? How many? How much? When was this? How long ago was this? Um, this was um in 2013. The end 2013, of 2013. Were you at work? No, I I'd worked all night and I was getting ready for work to go in. And um, do you think uh, uh you think you, the doctors say that, that it was a result of all the years of like Bill mentioned earlier non sleep? Yeah, I mean it all came sleep into deprivation. Play, you know? No sleep, stress, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Were you bad a smoker? Diet. No. Drinker. Oh, yeah, okay. you mentioned it. you didn't imbibe at all. Well, you church and church, church. church and work, right? Church and softball yeah. practice. Yeah. Church and work, right? Yeah, no, I, you know, drank uh, occasionally. Occasionally, occasionally, yeah, yeah. right. One or two a week. That's what I put down when yeah. I go to the doctor's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, social. Social, social drink. drink. Hey, well, doctor, if you tell a doctor you have six <laughs> drinks a week, they want you to go to AA. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. I'm a social What do you do for work? I socialize. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so you were home. Uh, getting ready home. to go to work. What yeah. happened? My head just started spinning, and I got tremendous like uh, headache. And out of uh, nowhere, and down I went. Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, one minute you were good, one second you were good, yeah. and the next second yeah. you started having this headache. Did right. you get rushed yeah. to the hospital? Did you have a tightness? No, nobody was home. I laid there for quite a while. Oh, actually, which what's was, that? An know, hour? Two hours? No, I would say forty-five minutes. Wow, you know, that's bad, was it because though, right? you couldn't move or because you were scared? To I move? couldn't move. I couldn't get up. Oh, I was geez. I was actually you know but I was like conscious I could realize wow. something was wrong it wasn't like I was out you had that stupid you know? flip phone too um, no, I don't think I even had that. Even had I think I might have been on the beep about that. I don't know. <laughs> those fucking beepers. No Alexa. No Alexa. You, you could have shouted no. out earlier. Alexa, I got the job. Nothing. No Alexa, man. Yeah. So oh, um, yeah. So anyhow, you know, I got. How'd taken. you call for help? Um, my wife came home, and then my son actually was doing two a days football practice. Came home and found me. Oh shit! Where were you in the living room? I was in uh, my ups upstairs. In the you bleeding? No, no, no. But it was uh, you know, I was. What kind yeah. of stroke was it? It was a bleed. It was a bleed in the, in the brain. Oh, okay. You know, when uh, blocked uh, blocked arteries and stuff. So. Um, so your 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 son finds you first, or your wife? Oh, my wife, and then my son was coming home, and. You it know, must have been uh, in shock. Yeah, no, it was rough. I mean, and then like I said, the, the worst thing, the whole ordeal. I mean, I was like, uh, oh, baby's telling you, oh, you're gonna be all right, you're gonna be all right, and I'm like, that's what I've been telling people that I knew we were gonna die any day. Any yeah. Day. Yeah, 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 how many people so, I told that? So, so I'm yeah, like, Don't I mean, how many me. people I'm did I, you know, tell it to when you were on the job? Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I know, yeah. and uh, so um, I'm like, you know, I guess they, everybody's getting back at me now, you know, but. You know, I had a great doctor and some therapy, and I got back on my feet. Went mm -hmm. back to work, actually. I didn't have to, but I, it's something like I got to do, you know. Mm -hmm. I went back limited, and then I had a little over 30 years, and I figured that was enough. And they served, you know, they served me, uh, surveyed me out. So um, I got three quarters, and uh, that's it, you know. So I don't, you know, I don't work. I do, I do volunteer stuff. I, I do Papa, 
That's great. Mm, that's good. Copper and that stuff. So. We talked about that a couple of times here. I know it's Copper. all secret stuff, but that's great. Yeah. No, it's it's good. And you know what? It's a good program. And if, Could if, you tell our audience what PAPA actually stands for? Um, PAPA stands for Police Officers Providing Peer Assistance. Um, basically, we train volunteers that... Um, you know, work either. There's there's two phases of it. One's a hotline where if somebody has some personal issues, whether you know family issues or addiction of some sort, um, they would call a hotline. We would meet with the person. We don't do any real counseling. It's more of a cop on cop thing where we convince a guy, hey, listen, you know, you need some help. You can get help. The resources are great. Um, what they can do for guys on the job now is really really special. I mean, what. When we were on the job, you know, you'd be ban- banished. You know, yeah, they you'd be in a white stone pound. Was this tower, a busy you know? year this past year? Um, yeah, yeah. There, there were a lot of po- you know police suicides and twelve. A lot of I the, think they said right. Twelve. Uh, I mean, sure. in twenty nineteen, there was twelve suicides. Yeah, and then you have a lot of uh, retired, you know, retired guys too, and you have. What are, What that, is know, the biggest problem for retired guys? Is it PTSD? Um, it's, it's a lot of it from what, from what I've found in my experience is, is, is separation from the job. Separation anxiety. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not a cop anymore. And, you know, um, a lot of guys, you know, didn't leave under their own accord for right. whatever reason. Maybe they got hurt. They were young and they got hurt or they, you know, and a lot of guys miss that, you know, camaraderie and it's the, the job, camaraderie. Yeah. You know, and, uh. The BS, and, the back and forth. You know, and if they don't have anything else, it's sad. Some guys don't have, you know, uh, Even loving a family families or right, surrounded right. them. You know, they're on their own, and you can only, you know, run around as, a, you know, as a bachelor for so long. And you're getting older, and you got nobody. You got nobody. You know. Yeah. And um, I remember you know, guys, when I retired, I walked to whatever it was Broadway, and I just walked back to Bleecker Street in the Village, and just thinking because I, yeah. I had no gun, no shield, yeah. and it was such an empty feeling, you know. It is, but yeah. I still had my department phone, and I called for a ride, oh, and I okay. was like, that was my last police thing I did, you uh, know. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is so, um, so I mean, civilian cannon. <laughs> you, could, you could you pick me, Mister Mister Cannon, Seventh Avenue? Yeah. It was really an empty feeling. It really man. is non climactic. <laughs> well, when too. the guys say who, 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 we ain't fucking picking I'm you up. A, You're not a sergeant. Anybody anymore? know a guy named Cannon? The guy who said he used to work here. Everybody's like, no, well, that's no. it. Fuck an hour ago, he just got retired an hour ago. Yeah. He busted my balls for the last ten years. Yeah. You think well, it's going to be a, a huge ceremony when we retire, and there's going to be bagpipes? Yeah, and yeah. People. Are uh, the, with the with the cars in front, you get there. They take your shield. They this is all we thing. have left. These two cars. Yeah. Actually, I got lucky though. A bunch of my buddies threw me a really good retirement party. Uh-huh. We nice. had it out in Rockaway, and we had a, you know a few hundred guys there, and it was really special, you know. And that's uh, fantastic. Once you know, and, and it was really great. And, Do uh, there pictures of all your shooting victims on the walls? <laughs> uh, no, no, I did. people frown upon that stuff. You know, you know? But, did you miss um, the job or what? Um, the same old story. I mean, I miss the, you know, I don't miss the, you know, the circus. I miss the clowns, yeah. you know? I, I mean, listen, I, I do miss the job. I had nothing against my time in the bureau, um, but I miss the patrol. If I could suit up, you know, my Anti-cri- son's on the job Anti-crime now. Is Anti- the best job. If I could stand a roll call with the with the guys I ran, yeah. ran with back in the day, I'd go out there tomorrow. I really miss the, the you know, the, action, the guys, the, the action, putting the yeah. uniform on, going out there and doing police work. Yeah, there's um, something uh, about that time in the uniform. I remember yeah. always wanting to get out of the bag, always trying to get into an investigative yeah. unit because I didn't want to be in the uniform. And then in hindsight, you realize, man, I, that was the, that was the best time, yeah. man. 
Well, yeah. I, I did 10 years on patrol, so I... I did I, seven. I was, I, in, I I was in the task force. And, and a lot of those years were dog years, you know, on the six, seven and that, with everything <laughs> going on. So, uh -huh. I, I, you know... You I, got I, it out. You did a lot of it. That was yeah. a rocking place, the six, It seven. was, it was. It was really, uh, I mean, you know... You know, we used to do 50, 60 homicides a year. And, you know, like I said, 3,000 robberies, hundreds of shootings, guns right. everywhere. And plus just the regular police worker running around handling jobs, 911 calls, yeah. you know. A lot of uh, heavy stuff went on there. They were saying in Brooklyn the shootings didn't even count. There were so many. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you know, the whole thing, you know, uh, you know, uh, Heard, you know, heard a ping, felt the sting, yeah, ain't no big thing. <laughs> you know, okay, what's your name? John Brown, where do you live over there? Okay, have a nice day. <laughs> Who did it? I don't know, you know, okay, and that was it. I'll yeah. take and care that, of it myself, yes. that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, now it's, you know, yeah, the, the shooting's are big cases. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but... Um, well, you they know, had the, my, my friend got robbed the other, a uh, couple months ago, and um, they brought the helicopters out for him. Oh really? Yeah, I mean she's an attractive girl, but that's not the well, reason why. Well, that helps. Why. That helps. No, I think they're really trying to—they're trying to contain it, knowing what you know as use yeah. as much manpower for for these robberies, and at some point it's going to be like you mentioned that saying before. It's going to be too much. It's going to the weight will fall in on itself. Oh, it's say? Uh, collapse under its own weight. Yeah, it's going to collapse under. You can't bring helicopters out for a robbery. I don't care whether there's a gun involved. You know, at some point there's going to be so many robberies and they're catching up. They're well, you know, there was some genius chief said for every shooting or every robbery, let's have a level 1 mobilization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's invite everyone to this party, you know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know, I understand like listen, I'm not trying to say some cases count and some don't, but you have to really look at, you know, if some guy who's a gangbanger gets shot in the toe, and he's telling me to go fuck myself, you know, every time I ask him a question. Right, right. Why are we rolling out uh, helicopters? That, and then you want me to what? Go up on the third floor and grab some woman that works for a living who saw the shooting right, and, right, and, and, right. and show destroy a photo her life. array? Right, destroy her to, life. When this guy's going to turn around and say, I don't know anybody, or he looks at a lineup or photo, I didn't see nothing, I ain't anyone going to drag a decent. This is what the job wanted. It turned into that. I wouldn't yeah. do it. I'll be honest with you. Well, their position was that if you didn't treat every shooting the same, the retaliation factor would lead well, to Well, you were fortunate because by that time you were in the homicide squad. Yes. So you didn't yes. have to um, do all the, the nonsense that what, what became... No, you know, I, I did skirt a lot of that, yeah. You know, like, for example, yeah. we you know, cell phones were, were being mm -hmm. stolen at a, an incredible rate, and they wanted you to go through the phone records. Yeah. And to see the the last calls that were made, and then go knock on their doors. So now you're out there knocking. Hey, uh, did you call anybody from this? No. <laughs> okay, that's it. But uh, you know, yeah. how many calls am I going back that day? Fifteen, twenty locations I have to go visit to satisfy this no, nonsense. Then, you know, it's a stolen cell phone, man. Yeah, no, I know. Well, the big no, thing was too they were abusing the cell phone carriers. Right. You know, when you wanted a phone dumped for a homicide case, it's a different thing. Yeah. When the police department's asking to dump the phone for a grand larceny, the right. carrier's going to be like, get the no, fuck this, out this, of here. This, this guy knows how many shit. subpoenas that are floating right, exactly. around like and that. The you subpoenas know? are like, like we said. It's well, they had, to so they had to open up a own, their own higher personnel just to yeah. deal with Well, again, it, it was part of the checklist just to say you did it and got it. It didn't matter that anybody, nobody would get arrested right, for any right. of this stuff. You know what? You know what? You got to look at cases differently. I, when I first got into the squad, when I was in Rip, you know, if if some kid came in with his parents that got his bike stolen, he got full. He got the full court press. Right. He's a good kid with a good family. You, you know, you don't just fluff the guy. It's only a, it's 
nonsense. It's a bike. A kid lost his bike. No, the kid got robbed, and we're going to find out. And right. I don't care if we got to go out and chip in and say the, tell the kid we found his bike and buy him a new one. We're going to we're going to get to the bottom of it. Right. You know, if some drug dealer comes in and says, "Oh, somebody stole my stash," okay, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you can't look at it the same way. You just discretion. Can't do it. Yeah, discretion. You know? What do you think uh, the reform is? Uh, the um, the result of this bail reform is going to be, Mike. I don't know. I, I mean, listen, when I was locking people up, they were leaving just as fast, mm. you know? They didn't call it bail reform. They called it uh, overcrowding or whatever, mm. or the system was just overwhelmed. Um, I just think that now that it's so public, you know, everybody's talking about it, that it just sends a bad message to people, knowing that no matter, pretty much no matter what they do, they, they're going to not have to go, you yeah, know, they're going to get, get released, yeah. you know? And, and then somehow or another, over time, you know, cases fall apart. Other witnesses move away. Mm -hmm. You know, people aren't as pissed off as they were when it immediately happened or they feel nervous or threatened. And, you know, it's really, you know, it may take a while. If it doesn't change, it'll take a little while. But you're going to see things. He's already seen it a little bit now with some of the recent cases that have popped up. You know, people are, like, you know, empowered with, with being able to do everything from, uh, you know, you know, dump a pail of water over a cop or go out and rob somebody and walk down the street and give the, the victim mm -hmm. the finger the next, mm -hmm. uh, the right. next day. Well, you mentioned yeah. that you have a son on the job. Is right. he still in, um, he's on patrol? Yeah, no, he's young. He just, he's got less than a year on. He's All on right, so do you worry about him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I worry about him. But you for different about? reasons than your mom and pop or your wife worried about you. You think so? Probably I think different it's reasons. I think the parents uh, well, I think the worries dad, regardless. I know yeah. my wife worries a lot more than about my son than she did about me. <laughs> of course. Um, just, I'm, I'm not just sure why. about your relationship, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why that. Uh, I used to say that to my no. wife. You never worried about me, did you? Yeah. <laughs> well, you always, you know, I have another son. I have two sons. I worry about them about everything. You know? right, right. But now, with the, you know, in regards to police work, yeah, you worry cops, about them. Whenever cops would come you know? to the door, my wife would always be crying for like, mm -hmm. please tell me, tell me, did they take him? <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I worry about him job-wise, you know. I mean, you know, not you know, you don't want to get jammed, but doing the right There's nothing worse than getting jammed for doing the right thing. That's yeah. the way I look at it, you know. Um, I got kids old enough to be on the job, so does Bill, and I'm happy that, um, you know, that they, they they chose another path. Yeah, yeah my other son so, did too. So far you know, right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, just just because... They all became about the, bounty hunters. Forget about the, the regular amount <laughs> of danger. Criminals. See, here's the thing. You can almost you can almost say a, a regular amount of danger, like, you know, as a, as a, just the way the job we knew it. There's an inherent amount of danger that comes with this job. But now that you add, you add on top of it that somebody's actually treating you like a piece of shit when you're doing it constantly, depending yeah. on where you work, but yeah. with the... With the dousing of the water, or who knows what other stupid stunt it's going to become, will go viral that somebody else, some asshole is going to come up with, or just the way they talk to you, belligerent, trying to get a cup of coffee, they write pig on the cup, even though that story didn't turn out to be true. Which brings up another point: Who does that? What the fuck is wrong with that guy? I don't know. I don't but know. you know what I'm talking about? It's like so many other intangibles now besides the inherent danger well, that you're accepting to take the job. That that's why I wouldn't want my kids on there. Well, you know what? Back when we were out there, you know what? That stuff wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, somebody might like anything else. Somebody might tr try to kill you, shoot mm -hmm. at you. Yeah. Um, and back then we lost a lot of cops, you know, getting shot, stabbed, you know, airmail off the roofs. Right. And, and plus you throw in strokes, heart attacks and everything else. The guys died from working like that for all, you know, 
But um, we used to say when we first came on the job, the cops were so unhealthy. They yeah. would retire and die five years later. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I know. But you know Smoking, what? Smoking, drinking, they were all overweight. Well, what, what would happen if that was uh, me or you? Somebody in the 6 7 took a bucket of water and poured it over. Yeah, it wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. But also, you know, you don't have the yeah. bosses like Chief Anamone that would go mobilize the entire department and get revenge for what just happened. Yeah, no. The they, bosses now have the balls of a, an amoeba. Well, you know? no, they don't. And the other thing is, though, the, the, the people wouldn't do stuff like that. You know, some criminal on the street would take his lumps. Right. You know? I mean, he, he knew. What'd you well, call that? You know. What'd you call That would be a Brooklyn party hat, right? Yeah, the old turban, you know. Yeah, the, turbanized. The, wood, uh, <laughs> the wood shampoo. But, but um, you know. We're almost the, we're reaching the end here. Two hours of flown I don't by. want to Let's well, do another hour. Let's do I want to ask you a question, though. Uh, <laughs> how are you feeling now? You Everything's okay? You go for checkups every year? And yeah, stuff like but I'm actually I'm going in a couple of weeks for another uh, brain scan. You know, see how I'm doing. Uh-huh. To so. see if you still have a brain? So yeah, yeah. Let's see if it's still there and it's, you know. Still functioning. functioning. <laughs> but this is, this is seven years now, right? It'll be seven years this year, yeah. So I should be all right. I'm all right, okay, that's great. Right, that's you know. great. So, I don't know. Wow. We covered a lot yeah. of stuff, man. Two two medals of valor. Um, two combat crosses. Two co- yeah. How many EPDs? That's important. Uh, <laughs> uh, about 150 <laughs> or so. <laughs> we well, any to... of those EPDs for cats out of trees or anything like no, that? No, actually, you know, uh, well, I mean, I, I can't complain. I did. Six, six nine, nine days, days right? You must have taken a couple of cats out when he, when he first came on. No, six, actually, I did make a decent collar or two over there when I was, like I said, I, I worked with a great guy, an all-timer and stuff mm-hmm. like that that hooked me up and that. But, yeah, you know what? It wasn't really, I mean, you know, we, you know, you got medals, but you didn't always get medals. You right. know? We, I, we made a lot of, I mean, we really took a lot of gun collars off, the, you know, a lot of guns off the street. And that was, that was one thing they brought up at the academy, I mean, academy, at the uh, retirement party. You know, amount of guns and stuff went on. Actually, uh, Carrick came, Bernie Carrick, the uh-huh. commissioner came. And and um, it was, you know. Whatever became was, of your six-shooter? Where um, is that thing? It's in the museum somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the Smithsonian. <laughs> no, I have it at home. I, I don't. I don't carry it anymore. You know, right. I next to Wild Bill Cody's <laughs> six shooter. Does it call you from the safe sometimes? Come on, let's go out. <laughs> let's go out. Let's go out and make a collar. Let's go back to the six. One seven. more time. You, know? you, ever, you ever stand in front of the mirror with the with the holster still on, spinning around? Go ahead, no, punk. I can never go do ahead, that. punk. Make, make my, my day. day. <laughs> I saw a guy do that in the lounge at a precinct one day, and uh, unfortunately, a round went off. And uh, oh, went upstairs, God. and uh, we didn't think much of it. Till one of the chiefs from the borough came down, holding oh. around at his oh, desk. Shit. Oh, he shit. said, "Just pulled this out of my desk. What the hell's going on down there?" <laughs> so that was kind of like, uh, "All right, you know." Did he just let it go, or did he? No, it was the whole thing, Geo Fifteen, oh, but the man. good old Geo Fifteen. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, uh, excuse me, what day was that again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bent over to tie my shoe. I heard a loud noise, yeah. but I thought it was the TV. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know that that kind of stuff. You know that was all. Uh, you know. That, that was in, that was like a detective pad involved. Uh, <laughs> took lead. Yeah, his desk. His desk took lim- some Gee, lead. If it hit your desk, it's not like it hit you in the leg or something. Uh, like that. What are you all worked up over? <laughs> now forget it. Man. Well, man, uh, is there anything you want to part with, uh, Mike? Anything you want to say to our audience before you go? No, I, I listen. Thanks for having me. It was great. You know, um, we only have the good. best of the best on the show. 
Yes, yes. The best. Well, thank you. Thank now, you. Now you know, like yesterday, they inducted two coaches, Jimmy Johnson and uh, right, yeah, into the Hall that. of Fame. Now you are officially in the NYPD Hall right, of Fame. You, you made it right now. We got out of Manhattan Manhattan North, and we found somebody from Brooklyn. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you would think he'd be crying. We just told him he's in the Hall of Fame. There's no tears coming down. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Johnson broke yeah, down. Yeah, he broke down. Good. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He broke yeah. down yeah. at least, you know. Well, that's just yeah. while the camera's rolling. Once we get it, everybody changes when the camera's off. That's right, man. He might start crying. As he's leaving, you don't want to go back to Merrick. No, it's boring there. <laughs> this is this was boring fun, man. We got out of Manhattan North. No offense to Man- Manhattan North. I think we covered it. Uh, we got into Brooklyn South, and we got a, a great, great, great first grade detective. Two medals of valor, two medals of honor, 150 EPDs. <laughs> Combat shootings, cross, not medals. Shootings. If he had two medals of honor, he'd be dead. Yes, twice. Yeah. He'd be dead oh, twice. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Combat cry. I keep messing that up. What? Do I? I never got a medal in my whole twenty years. But if you go inside his house, he's got the heads of all the perps that he killed. <laughs> yeah, it's, on, yeah. it's on the wall like the chiefs. You, you know, know how you chief. hunt deer? He's got perp yeah. heads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Brooklyn, North, Brooklyn South perp heads uh, mounted all over the place. A couple from upstate. Man, it was a pleasure to have you here, Mike, man. Pleasure to meet you guys. You know, Mike, it was yeah. great. I, as Thank I you. said, I first became aware of you uh, when I watched that show, NYPD 24-7, with a okay. great case, the great homicide yes. case. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm really... Uh, privileged to meet you and no, thank you. Uh, you definitely are a Hall of Famer oh, thanks. and you know if you it. want to start crying now that we inducted right, you I'll, into I'll the break down I'll, I'll, you turn it off. I'll break down I'll, and I think it's great that you're working and volunteering for Papa that's fantastic yeah actually it is a good thing anybody that's listening if you need help get it it's it's listen if it was bullshit or it was a jerk job I wouldn't be there and it really helped there's a lot of things you know a lot of uh, you know things out there that can get people to help and uh, you know really Look into it. God forbid you have some issues. Get some help. That's it's great, out there. And there's guys like me there, guys like us that that'll look out for you. And, People and now we'll, are just going to say, "Is this Mike Heinrichs? Tell me about those six shootings." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we yeah, got we got we need to scratch the surface. We're going to have to have you back, man. Cover all I'll the other back. shootings. Come back. Whatever you want. You know. <laughs> This is great, man. So continue. God bless your health, and God, Thank God, you. may God watch over your son who's on patrol, right. and uh, all the to all the members uh, of yes. the NYPD, everybody and all the out there, stay safe throughout the country. Uh, on behalf of Bill, myself, um, Pam, Rashad, uh, thanks for tuning in, man. Peace out. End the tour.